Welcome to another episode of the You Flourish podcast, where we are your go-to stop for faith-based career coaching to help you flourish in all seasons of your leadership journey. Flourishing happens when you find strength in God to let go of all worry. It's easy to get wrapped up in the stress and hustle of this world and to put faith on the back burner. What if you tuned into our podcast every other Tuesday so that you could feel encouraged to go through the rest of your week keeping God top of mind? If you love what we have to say, make sure you follow us on social media, write a review, and subscribe. Would you or your business even consider supporting us for only $5 a month so we could continue to provide you with quality content? We would greatly appreciate your support. Now get ready to grow and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the You Flourish podcast. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Glenn Stevens, and Glenn is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Um, He's been such a joy to get to know, and just really, he's just so wise, and he brings so many amazing things um, to our community, and even he's been partnering with us in some other different ways through some events that we'll share later. But I'm just excited to have him here today to share more about his story and how he really got to where he is. And so he's the he's the owner of the Mental Fitness Guy. And so he does a lot of different things with that, which I'm going to let him explain. But yeah, I'm excited to have him here and excited to for him to be able to share his wisdom and um, knowledge with all of us. So with that, Glenn, thank you for being here. Um, please start just share with us everything we need to know about you and how how are you doing what you're doing right now? All right. Well, thank you, Grace. It's so good to be here. And I'm delighted to know you and Kelsey and to be a part of this podcast today is really fun for me. So thank you for the invitation and opportunity. And yeah, about me. So um, I am the mental fitness guy, which means I'm um, a mental fitness and business coach. And, and I'll start there and then I'll work backwards. But I, I, uh, I just noticed that lots of small business leaders struggle because they've never been equipped to win the battle in their minds and it sabotages their success. And so I'm on a mission to help as many small business leaders as I can strengthen their mental fitness. They got three mental muscles. Let's get those strengthened up. And therefore they're in a position to better Um, do what they want to do so they can optimize their business for revenue and profit. And, and so that's who I am as the, the mental fitness guy. And how did I get here? And that's a longer story. So I am married to my wonderful wife, Jill, and we've been married a long time, longer than you've been born, Grace. And uh, (laughs) we have four adult children. The oldest is 28 and our youngest is 21. And all but one of them live here in the Fargo-Moorhead area. And uh, yeah, love my family and very grateful and thankful for them. And I was a pastor for over 23 years. Um, I was a pastor and was happy and content with being a pastor. There's struggles with any career that somebody's in, any job that anybody has. 
Um, there's no perfect job out there this side of heaven. So I, I was, but I was, I was happy. I was not um, thinking. Uh, if you would have asked me three years ago if I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have thought that's really funny. Um, and but the the reason I'm not a pastor anymore is because I was praying with a couple a couple of people, and when we were praying. The one of the people praying said, Glenn, I, I see, I see sort of like this picture in my mind, and I think God wants me to share that with you. And the the picture that she saw was of a windy uh, path. And because it was windy, you can't see that very far out in the future. And on both sides was lush green forest. And there was a beautiful, magnificent, brilliant light shining down on this path. And she said, God, I think, is saying he wants you to get on this path. And <laughs> so um, this isn't normal, uh, normal life stuff for me. But I asked some questions about what else she was seeing. And I, I was taking notes on my Moleskine for about the next 30 minutes. Uh, filled up four pages of notes. And the long and the short of it is that I, I believe, now I could be wrong, but the, the way I discern what was happening there is that God was saying, it's time for you to do something new. And he wanted me to stop doing my pastoral ministry in that way and to start some new ministry ventures. And part of that was starting a business. And it's like, what kind of business should I start? I've never run a business before in my life. And I had a coaching background, really enjoy coaching people and helping people achieve their goals and dreams and and so i started pursuing that learned about business made simple so i'm a certified business made simple coach and in the process of doing that i became aware of mental fitness and and um realized i could get certified in that as well and it really worked well because Again, lots of business owners and leaders, they have been given all kinds of great uh, training and learning and some of MBAs, right? And they've got all, they've got degrees and ideas and strategies and all that, but nobody's equipped them to strengthen their mental fitness to actually execute and do their strategies and stay focused on their goals like they want to and do it without burning out and feeling all stressed out. And so it's like, hey, if I can bring those two together for people, I can really serve them and help them. And so I do see, uh, I see people who are in business involved in ministry as well, if they follow Jesus and love him, it's just a different calling. And so now I get to live out a different calling. And in a sense, I'm a pastor, <laughs> if you want to, I think once a pastor, always a pastor. So I'm kind of like a pastor to business people now, more so than to a congregation. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying that. Like I've got a, I got a group of growing, I think we're six um, young, 23-ish old young guys. We have a Bible book club every Thursday morning and we read the Bible and talk about it together. And they're all young business guys and I really enjoy that and get to do certain things like that, that I didn't necessarily get to do before. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, I could probably talk 
a long time about I'm old, I'm 56. So I could talk a long time about my life, but that's good enough to go, right? Yeah. Well, my first question for you is, I mean, you kind of just touched on this a little bit, but obviously now you're in this business side of things, right? You chose, okay, I'm going to be a business owner. And a lot of people, we might think, okay, we picked this career. This is what I'm going to do for X amount of years. The rest of my life, sometimes we think when you pick a career that you're going to do, Mm-hmm. But now you are somewhere where you got you chose a thing that's more like the secular choice, right? The business rather than just being a, a pastor. Right. So how what advice would you give or I mean, how do you deal with this in, incorporating your faith into things, even when it maybe isn't the maybe isn't the easiest thing to do? Or um, how can other people do this when or incorporate their passions? like your passion for your faith or this sort of thing into your job that maybe isn't exactly what you thought. I don't know if that really makes sense, but you probably are just dissecting what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's the question as I heard it and, and, uh, and what I'm thinking is so as a person, like it was maybe easier as a pastor to integrate my faith into my work there because it's expected, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't necessarily in the business world expect a follower of Jesus to integrate their faith into their work. Mm-hmm. And so how does that work? Um, and and uh, what what do I do? So that that's what I heard. And, yeah. and so that's what I'll, I'll, I'll run with that. And, you know, for me, What's interesting is like my starting point is different. My, who I am, my identity. So lots of it gets down to identity, okay? At my core identity, I'm a child of God, not a businessman, okay? My core identity gets to who I am in Christ. And so what I, the way I think of it is I don't incorporate my faith into my work I incorporate my work into my faith because my faith comes, my faith is deeper than my work. My identity is, is, is founded as a, a person created in the image of God, saved by Jesus Christ, who loves him and wants to serve him and follow him. And therefore, my work, whether it would be in a secular setting or a non-secular setting, I, I incorporate that into my faith rather than the other way around. And so maybe that would be a helpful thing for some of your listeners to think about, okay, at your core identity, sort of do some soul searching. Are you, do you see yourself more as uh, a child of God and uh, someone who is in Christ, like the apostle Paul would write about in the new Testament, or do you see yourself more as your identity as a, as a business person? And my, um, my, if you see yourself more as a business person first, my my teaser question would be, well, what would happen if you flip that on its head? Um, and just do a thought experiment of what, what what's that mean if I start incorporating my work into my faith rather than my faith into my work and see what happens. And so for me, I think some of the things that happen with that are... I, every person I meet, I believe, is created in the image of God and worthy of love and respect. So I want to treat them like they're worthy of love and respect. And so I want to bring God's love to every 
interaction and relationship that I have with someone in business, which is kind of nice because <laughs> not everybody brings that to a business uh, conversation or a relationship. And, and I can, in a way, be an example with that. I try to, um, I, I don't hide the fact that I'm a Christian. I don't like lead with that if, unless they ask me to, but it's like, I'm not hiding anything and um, that it, it impacts how I see people, how I do business. Like um, business is just a part of God's creation human beings working with the rest of creation, the raw materials to create products and services that help humanity flourish. And so it's like, cool, I get to be a part of what God's doing in that whole realm. And so I see what I do as a part of, I mean, the idea, I love the name of your company, You Flourish, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think right at the very beginning of the Bible in creation, the idea there is God created humanity and gave us the natural resources needed to flourish and um, access to him to flourish. And now we are invited to be co-creators with God of what it's going to look like tomorrow and the next day and the next day in taking those raw materials and making stuff making cities, making uh, companies, making roads, making schools, making hospitals, making medicines, making um, coaching practices, uh, whatever, in order to help the world flourish. So it's kind of like my big picture of what I'm doing. It's all connected to like being a part of what God is doing. I'm just trying to join him in a way that makes sense for how he created me. I love what you said about how we can, we should flip it on its head and say, how do we incorporate our work into our faith? Um, I, I actually, I mean, I feel like I do this stuff all the time, but I'm like, why have I never thought of it like that? Um, but I think that was so interesting to really think that what is God calling us to do because there's this greater purpose and this greater thing and our work just fits into this, his little, I shouldn't say little, his big plan for each of us. Yeah. Um, so I think that was really good. And I think a lot of people think too, when you're, when you're thinking about now, I'm going to flip it up. Like when you're thinking about bringing your work into your faith, yes, <laughs> yes. in your work, you think about, okay, it has to be this big thing or I have to talk about it all the time, but truly really it just goes back to how you treat people. Like you said, it's just the way yeah. you do. It's just the way yeah. when we go into the office, how we treat people, that's really the way that we can live a Christian right. life in mm -hmm. the things that we do, no matter what. Yeah. And so a couple of things. One would be, um, I can try to imagine what Jesus would do if he were in my shoes uh, in a given moment. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a woman who's in one of my mental fitness accelerator pods and she was sick. And so I reached out to her. We had to make sure the Zoom link worked for her and her company, but she said she wasn't going to be there because she was sick. Well, I didn't know anything about her really, other than she was an admin assistant, executive assistant to the owner of the company. But I just asked, would it be okay if I pray for you? Um, and so it's like, 
I think Jesus would care about this woman being sick and not just go mm -hmm. like, hey, we, we okay. took care of business. So I took a couple of minutes. She welcomed the prayer. I prayed for her. Um, so it's like I look for opportunities and then the Holy Spirit um, can lead and guide us. So every now and then you just get this impression that the spirit is saying, I want you to go talk to that person or you know what? This person needs to hear about why you do what you do. And so you bring out more of your story and try to just be sensitive to where people are at. And if they don't agree with me and they're not a person of faith, um, I just, I want to hear their story then. Tell me your story. Help me understand who you are and how you got to be where you are. And just really just love them where they're at. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point because I tend to tend to do the same thing or I'll just start talking about it. So we're talking about my faith or start talking about the things I'm doing or sharing why I do what I do. And sometimes I think I do have a tendency to be forceful on just like I spew and I just talk to talk, talk about it. And I have to remember that not everyone is in the same point as me in my, in my faith or in their faith and in where we are and what we're doing. And, um, and, but it's a good reminder that you just said to think about what would Jesus do if he was in this situation? And I think that gives us a lot of answers and a lot of clarity because we know that what he would do, he would do what's right. He would do what's kind, he would do what's loving. He would do what's good for the other person, but also good for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just the best reminder we could ever give ourselves is when we're in a conversation that's, we're in an instance where maybe something does need to happen. Yeah. So that was really, mm -hmm. well, I want to take us back in, into talking a little bit more about what you do in the sense of uh, mental fitness. Yeah. I want you to explain a little bit more about what that actually means. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe just give most people who are listening that are business leaders in some sort of uh, business setting or in any setting, this is obviously applicable to anybody. Mm -hmm. But maybe just give us some a couple examples of what mental fitness means and what we can do to really build up our mental fitness. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Thank you for asking that. Um, mental fitness, the simplest definition is it's your capacity to handle the challenges of life with a positive mindset rather than getting all upset and stressed out. <laughs> all right. So it, it's. It's a combination. So mental fitness, my training comes from a company in San Francisco called Positive Intelligence Incorporated. And the founder of the company uh, lectures at Stanford University. Uh, his name is Shirzad Shamin. And it's, uh, it's, he does not come at things from a, a Christian faith perspective, okay? But what it does, what I appreciate about the work and its foundation is it's based on the combination of neuroscience, positive psychology, cognitive behavioral psychology, and performance science, like bringing the best of those four disciplines together to help people flourish. And so I'm all for helping people flourish. And God created the brain that I have. So he 
he isn't surprised by anything neuroscientists are discovering. Um, as a matter of fact, he's like, yeah, that's how I made that thing to work. So um, I uh, <laughs> was like, I want to harness that. Like God created my brain. We understand more about how it works now. And so I want to harness that and bring that to my own work and my own family and life and to give it to other people if I can. And so what, what, um, what you need to know is so that this capacity to respond to challenges with a positive mindset rather than a negative mindset, at the base of that is everybody has three core mental muscles. Now, they're not literal muscles, um, but the idea of like, if I want to get in physical shape, I need to exercise and build my physical muscles. Well, same thing's true of if I want to get in mental shape, I need to work out, so to speak, and build those muscles. And those three muscles have to do with how we get hijacked and sabotaged by negative inner voices in our heads that cause negative emotions and slow us down and cause problems in relationships and make us really stressed out and anxious and guilty and all kinds of ugly stuff. So we want to stop that. So that, that muscle is called the saboteur interceptor. And then we have a self-command muscle, which is a muscle that helps us slow down um, our thoughts, especially those saboteur thoughts, the negative thoughts, and then warming up and accessing the regions of our brain where we can have some really great thoughts that are based on empathy and love and curiosity and innovation and purpose and meaning and clear, calm, focused action that makes a difference in the world. And so that's called the sage muscle. So there's those three core muscles. What you want to do is learn how to work out those three muscles and continually build them stronger and stronger. And one way to, one way, like, um, if you go to positiveintelligence.com, there's a free saboteur assessment there. And that's one way to just sort of become more aware of what are these mental saboteurs and learn about them. But the key thing to exercise that muscle that helps you with that is to stop every now and then and notice, am, do I have any negative emotions? And is my body telling me I'm stressed out? Like I carry my stress in my neck and in my shoulders and uh, sometimes in my chest. It gets tight in my chest or my temples. And so if I will just stop for a second and go, what's my body telling me? Because our bodies are connected to our brains and God made it that way to help us understand when there's a problem. It's like, if I'm feeling my body's telling me I'm really tense or stressed out, that's a signal that God gave me that something's going on that I should pay attention to. And, uh, and so if you're feeling that kind of bodily stuff or internally, a lot of negative emotions, just to stop and label it and go, okay, that's evidence that I've been hijacked by a saboteur, my mental saboteur. Something is telling me I need to pay attention to something. Um, and instead of staying in that negativity, look for where to go next. So that gets us to exercising your, your self-command muscle. The best thing you can do when you realize you're stressed or things like that 
is you want to calm down the region of your brain where the saboteurs hang out. And that would be like your brain stem, regions of your left hemisphere and your limbic system. And the best thing to do there is just do some uh, focused sensory attention. So it could be on your, some, like looking at something and just really noticing it for 10, 20, 30 seconds or rubbing two fingertips together so exquisitely paying attention. You can feel the ridges of your fingertips or focusing on your breath or the sounds you hear around you. Those are all senses God gave us. And I think it's really cool that these senses he gave us, when we focus on them and just pay attention to them, it calms the regions of the brain where we're having distress and it ignites and activates the regions of our brain where we can do the good stuff he created us to do. And, uh, and so doing those sensory, just focusing on a sense is how you build your sage muscle. And then you can build, I mean, your self-command muscle and you can build your sage muscle. I think that there's lots of ways to do that, but maybe the best and simplest thing would be to stop and always ask yourself this question when something happens and you think, Oh man, I'm kind of bummed that that happened is to ask yourself the question, how could I turn whatever just happened into a gift or an opportunity? And just by honestly answer, asking that question and trying to find an answer, you take neural pathways, not down into your brainstem where the saboteurs are, but it forces you up into parts of the right hemisphere and the frontal cortex where you can access the joy of creativity, where you can feel deep empathy for other people or even for yourself. Sometimes we just need to be compassionate and empathetic with ourselves, um, or we need to think outside the box. And that's where we can do those things. So just that, so those are three exercises. Label when you're getting hijacked by a saboteur, like just notice, man, I'm stressed out or I'm anxious or I'm tight label it. Oh, I guess I've been hijacked. That's just that is simple. And it disempowers those saboteurs. Focus on one of the senses God gave you for just 10 seconds makes a difference. If you can do more than 10 seconds, great. But just 10 seconds will help. And then when you find yourself in a situation you don't really like, realize every situation or outcome can be turned into a gift or opportunity so ask yourself how could i do that and that's another great way to build that muscle mm. i love it those are such good tangible things the label it reminds me of something we always talk about is name it to tame it um yes. we're like a creativity in our attic um and how you have to give something a name and once you call it out it's much easier to really let go and focus on um, how we can get rid of those negative thoughts. Yes. Um, so I don't know if it'd be helpful, especially for people who are just listening to this, but maybe we should put this into, or could you walk us through like a real world, real world example? So yes. when, we, when we're feeling a little stressed, like how, what could we do? Like give us an example of when you would use this, these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a great example um, from yesterday. I'll give you a couple. So for my own life, like yesterday, um, I was having a conversation with my wife about 
uh, one of our children and some things going on in that child's life that needs attention. And she was pretty um, upset about just, oh, it was overwhelming and all that kind of stuff. And um, I found I was, you know, feeling some uncomfortableness, just like, oh, Ruta, this isn't a fun conversation, right? And it was hard then for me to really engage and really listen to her. And this could happen in a business boardroom or with an employee in the hallway, right? It, it could happen anywhere. And so I realized that um, what was going on, my, one of my saboteurs was trying to disengage and pull away because it was feeling un I was feeling uncomfortable. So I took a deep breath, um, but not too deep a breath to make her wonder what, what's wrong. <laughs> um, I took a deep breath. I probably even rubbed my fingertips together for just a few seconds. That's something I do often because it's easy to do. And nobody even notices you're doing it. And you can do it in a meeting. You can do it anywhere. And then um, I really focused on, I imagined her as a little five-year-old girl feeling all these feelings she's having. And um, that's, it's, I guess, one of the, ways to build empathy is to try to imagine the person you're talking to is just a young child who's just really in this, you know, scared, vulnerable place. And it's like, you see a little scared child, you want to go and comfort that child, right? And, and, and help them. And so for whatever reason, when we're with grownups, sometimes we don't feel that same way. But if we will just sort of imagine so I was, I was imagining my wife as a child. And then I also did some visual uh, mental fitness reps where I just noticed the way her hair was combed that day and the shape of her face and her eyebrows and just like zeroed in and just really noticed. And what that did for me is it helped me then to like, the, the negative feelings of, ah, yuck, uncomfortable, were able to calm down. And I was able to zoom in on her and really listen mm -hmm. and really pay attention to her. So it wasn't about me and my feelings. It was about her and her feelings. So that's like a everyday life family uh, example. Um, last week, I did a, a workshop, a saboteur buster workshop. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I noticed that as the day was approaching, I was getting stressed out because not as many people were signing up as, as I was hoping would sign up. And I was, uh, yeah, feeling lots of nervousness about that intention. I've got a saboteur, it's called a hyperachiever saboteur. So I can go down this bad highway of thinking my worth and value as a person is dependent on my performance and how well I do. And it's like, I don't think this workshop is going to hit the goals I had for it. Mm -hmm. And and my, my saboteur was hijacking me and trying to make me feel really bad. And, uh, and yeah. And so what I realized I needed to, I actually set my timer for every 15 minutes and I would do these little um, self-command exercises to calm down like breathing or touch or 
you can take a walk and just notice, you know, the nature um, is a great way to do that and just calm down and then go back to work and focus and do my best with that little chunk of time and take another break. So I had to really slow things down. I was actually more productive by introducing more breaks to do that mm -hmm. self-command work because I was getting so much inner noise trash, you know, head trash from my saboteurs that make me feel anxious and tense. Mm -hmm. So I needed to, to just do more of these mental fitness reps to be more productive and, and not all stressed out, um, which really helped me get through that. And I had a, we had a, not as many people showed up as uh, mm -hmm. I was hoping. And guess what? The world did not end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the workshop was awesome. Like the people who came and attended got great value. They were all really happy they came. And so anyway, that's another story from my life of, mm -hmm. so I was literally using this stuff, recognizing, oh, I got hijacked by my hyperachiever saboteur. I need to do some self-command exercises, um, practices, and then leaning into, if this doesn't go as well as I want it to, thinking even ahead, how will I turn that into a gift or an opportunity? I mean, I literally did this for myself. Yeah. Um, what I told people to do to strengthen their muscles was what I was doing last week when I was getting all stressed out. You know, a lot of this stuff really reminds me of, it's really just all about bringing you back to reality, sort of. Yes. yes bringing you back to the truth and what actually matters. Because it also reminds me of a little bit of the idea that we like to call redefining winning. I mean, we use that example all the time something doesn't doesn't end up going as planned but what does success actually mean and finding the joy and the gifts that what you can actually find out of what the outcome yes. will be or has been and so I think it's really good because oftentimes and we all go through a lot more stress and we're all busier and we're all going 100 miles an hour faster than maybe mm -hmm. even 10 years ago we were and so to be able to get yourself back to reality and yes. to the state of I want to say like um, stableness in our mental yes. state is one of the most important things. Yes. And so I really think what you're doing and learning about the saboteurs and mental fitness is so important, um, mm. especially when we can't control anything. And then that's where our, where God comes in, and we just I, we know that we're not in control to start off with. Right. So how can we really just trust as well? Yes. So, yeah well yeah. Mm. well this has been so wonderful Glenn, and thank you so much for sharing about mm -hmm. everything i mean do you have any last thoughts on mental fitness like what should people do where can people start to start learning more about this how can people find out and practice like what should people do be doing right now yeah so my website is mentalfitnessguide.com <laughs> and there's a link to that free saboteur assessment along with um, people can get a free 30 minute review of their saboteur assessment with me. If they'd like that, that'd be a great starting point. Um, I offer an eight week um, uh, mental fitness accelerator 
And it takes six to eight weeks to build a baseline of mental fitness strength. And so that's why I have an eight-week um, program where people literally, we walk through, they have an app, there's all kinds of daily like it's not all just listening you're actually doing these things mm -hmm. you're learning the practices that will mm -hmm. set you up for a lifetime of mental fitness strengthening so you can accomplish more and feel less stress and um like get along with people better and so mm -hmm. um i'll be starting some pods in january um, of 2023. Uh, so I think that's this month. And, uh, <laughs> um, and so they could check out and like get into one of those. But those would be the two things I'd recommend um, if they'd like to engage with me. If they don't want to engage with me, they can go to uh, positiveintelligence.com's website. There's also a book called Positive Intelligence. They could mm -hmm buy and read that could help them as well those would be easy first steps yeah i'm gonna put a link to all the things that you mentioned in the show notes so feel free everyone to just check out glenn's website i mean take advantage of the free options to see if this is something you want to dive deeper into i mean they're there for you to do we offer these things when we're, we're coaches and we just want to help people and that's what we do what we do so take advantage yeah. of the things that we offer um, and also last, the last thing I say is Glenn has really been a part of our breakfast and Bibles event that we host quarterly. And our next one is going to be, um, no, oh my gosh, not November, February. February. Mm -hmm. not November. Oh my gosh. February 17th. So it's held in Fargo, North Dakota, and it's a Friday morning, early morning event. So if you want to come meet Glenn in person, it's a great place to do so, um, and come learn more about how we bring work into our faith not faith there <laughs> you go kidding that. um but anyways thank you so much glenn for being here and sharing um, everything with us we really appreciate you having us being on our podcast i should say having us oh my goodness yeah thank you grace it's been a delight and i uh i, I hope that your your listeners get a ton of value from this me too all right take care